Okay, and we are live. Hey, everybody, this is Daniel Burnett, owner of Train Like a Ranger and Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist, here with a uh, former coach of mine, Sam Snow. He's a jiu-jitsu black belt. He uh, he has a gym in, uh, in Keller, Texas, Alliance Jiu-Jitsu in Keller. Uh, they train jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai. Um, Sam was also a pants champion in 2020 and, uh, and has a couple other ventures I want to talk about today. Um, so thanks for coming on, Sam. Man, it's a, it's a pleasure and I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I appreciate your time. Uh, super excited. Sam is uh, very well known in the jiu-jitsu community, uh, especially in Texas. I don't know if you know this, but like if I, whenever I would go pop in at other gyms, if I, uh, especially when I was affiliated under your gym, if I mentioned your name, everybody knew who you were. So Sam is a very big presence in the jiu-jitsu community. So uh, again, exciting to have you on. So uh, I wanted to talk about your journey through jiu-jitsu and what got you started and uh, and when you decided jiu-jitsu was a lifetime thing for you. Oh, man. Uh, so I started in 2006 and kind of watching Ultimate Fighter show, you know, uh, like most of these guys coming in the door of the jiu-jitsu dojo these days watching the UFC uh, sparks your interest for sure. You know, like you get to see the, the real realistic combat, you know, at least in that format, you know, displayed. So I, uh, I got, I got kind of hooked on that show, ultimate fighter around like 18 years old, like in college. So I was really bored in university. Like I started in junior college. So like, I didn't have to study much like the college at the time it was really easy. So like, I was just make, I was like on the Dean's list and not, trying too hard in school and just kind of bored. You know, I wasn't doing sports anymore. I was at high school sports. Um, and I did sports my whole life. You know, I grew up in gymnastics, uh, swimming, and like pretty much every sport you can think of a little bit here and there doing it. So, so yeah, I started in 2006 and just kind of, man, honestly, I, it's a kind of a miracle that I stuck with it because like the first month I hated it. I don't know why I kept doing it. Like first, probably a month or two. Definitely the first two weeks I hated it because I was like 145 pounds, like six foot tall, just super skinny, like, and all these big, big dudes in the gym were just smashing me. We didn't have like a good curriculum. Like coach taught like the same technique for the first two months. We were basically just, he was like a new, you know, new, new instructor. He was a purple belt. We just new purple belt. Didn't really have experience teaching. And we were training at a karate gym with holes all on the walls and mirror, broken mirror, you know, cracked mirror. Cause it was so narrow. We would just hit the wall in the mirror all the time. So that was like how I started, man. It's so different now than like when new students started my academy, you know, it's like, we have a, you know, like a really state of the art gym, like clean, everybody's in uniforms and matching. And, you know, you're not going to get like hairy, sweaty, fat chest, like crushing your face. You know, <laughs> yeah. you're going to get like, you know, plus you're going to get a fundamentals course. that's like, you know, basics and foundational. And you're not going to do a lot of live training right away, you know? So, it's very different uh, than when I started. But I managed anyway. Managed to stick with it for some reason or another, and did like a bunch of tournaments at white belt and got my like ass completely kicked at white belt. So yeah, it was, that's the start. Yeah, I like the way that uh, Alliance, your affiliation, and the way that your gym does the curriculum. It's really uh, really well laid out. Uh, that's something I do like because some other gyms that I've been to and visited and things, you know, it's kind of like they throw some things together and then you go into roles and things, but uh, you guys have like a curriculum that you follow. And it's, uh, I thought it was like very 
a very good way to build like good jujitsu athletes. So that was something I always yeah. That it's so problematic because like not only are you risking injury, especially if like, you're not in your 20s anymore, you know, you're, you're risking injury. You can't recover from injuries. So you're not going to be in the gym. So you're losing that time to learn and study. But you're also, you know, building bad habits, you know, and it's like you're basically ha- creating way more work for yourself down the road as an instructor by letting your students spar right away because they're just building so many terrible habits. And then, you know, it's like if you were going to go to as a ranger, you know, like you just start trying to do this stuff without any training it's like complete like terrible idea you know right so right doesn't make any sense in any any other aspect of life like so yeah i like that and and uh i do want to talk about you know uh your experiences like some of your ideas as a coach what are some big lessons that you've learned things that you've uh you've you implement in your uh how you train people now um Man, like I try to take more of a unique for like because the, the curriculum is like a blanket level, you know, one size fits all thing, right? At the beginning, but that doesn't really work. That's one detriment of it. it doesn't really work. Uh, it's like a one size fits all thing. It's like here, this is your medicine that's going to fit everybody's different weight and different. Like two hundred pound dude is getting the same medicine as a hundred pound person or twelve year old kid. Like it doesn't make any sense, right? Like this should be a different amount, right? Uh, so there should be a different amount of training live for a guy that's your age, you know, versus a guy that's 50, you know, uh, there should be a different level of attention to what they need as far as like, a, you know, they're a unique person. They need a specific set of, you know, problems to address in their, you know, how, how they're, how they're approaching, uh, you know, their jutsu. Like they have these areas where they need to focus on and they have these areas where they're going to be naturally really gifted at, you know, so. As an instructor, I try to like break myself out of that routine of like, okay, this is the lesson of the day. Like, I try to like really like watch the students and get to know what what you know what they need. You know, like you know, obviously you can't do it to ever, with everybody, but little by little, as the students train longer and longer, you get to know them better, and so you start to see, you know, really good areas that you could you could really uh, come into their come into their life, their mind as. And you can give them something you know, to help them grow yeah. in new ways. Oh. I like that you said that because that applies to to several things. Like we talked, we brought up the military, right? Um, it's difficult, especially like your gym, I would consider a, a big gym. So you got a lot of people to manage. And I think that's what makes the difference between like a, a good leader and a great leader is, you know, there's a good leader puts together a good routine as a as a blanket for people, right? But a great leader can see the individual needs of people and fine tune, make those fine tune adjustments. And that's hard to do when you got a lot of people to manage. You know, you see that a lot in the military, you got a lot of people to manage. So, you know, you hand them, you know, kind of like this blanket thing, but one size does not fit all. Some people, um, as frustrating as it can be for a leader, some people need like different tweaks in order to be optimal. And so I like, I do like that you pointed that out. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you can give them, you can only give them so much if you just, and it's like me, I can go, I can slip into that, uh, you know, you the same way. I'm sure everybody's the same way. Like they can slip into that kind of go through the motions, you know, and I do tend to do that sometimes if I'm more tired or I'm more stressed at home life or whatever, you know, like my kids need more from me, you know, I have as much energy to give, but I try to always like, cause it gives me more purpose to like my job. You know, it's not just a job. It's, it gives me this, you know, I do like the job. If I just think of it as a job only, I got to show up, I got to clock in, I got to teach. 
show these moves and that's it. You know, <laughs> it gets real, gets real, like takes the luster out of it, you know, versus, you know, I can think about, man, these, like, I can really give, so I have something to offer, you know, I can really like inspire, or I can motivate, or I can like challenge, you know, to like be, push yourself a little harder, or, like to think in a different way or give you a different perspective, you know? Yeah. Um, and then also just the stuff that you can't really teach to everyone. You can kind of impart, you know, uh, you know, like it's like Hicks and Grace talks about invisible jiu-jitsu. Like there's so many things you can show one-to-one that you can't show to a group. Like you got to be like, well, you know, you got to like figure out what they're not getting in the, in the details and what, and then you can give it to them, you know, but you got to figure out what they're not getting first. So like one-on-one type of attention, you know, going from one person to the next, uh, I think is really valuable. And like, I try to get my instructors to do that. You know, I try to tell them, Hey man, spend time with everybody a little bit, even if it's, even if you don't actually make a great impact, you still like show them that you care and you give that, that like more extra value. Like they, they feel like more, they feel uh, like kind of more accepted, more more important, you know. Like you do care about them, they're not just another person, another member on the mat. So, yeah. I think it's like big, a big issue with a lot of these big gyms, and you know we're getting there too. Like you get over two hundred members, and it's like that's like you said, it's a problem because then you don't even. Sometimes they don't even. They're like, oh, this dude doesn't even know my name, or you know. So that's like a thing I try to because we're trying to train new instructors now because like the more instructors, like we need more instructors. So I'm like trying to tell. Them, you know, get to know, you know, make friends with the guys and they're your students, make friends with them, you know, like, yeah. don't just show up and be like, okay, I'm going to teach really well. Yeah. I'll try to teach well, I'll try to be, you know, uh, really simple and make it really simple, but, you know, also go that extra to get to know, you know, get to know the guys individually. So, yeah. Yeah. I, in, uh, I thought your gym did that. Well, I moved around a couple of times. So like, um, two gyms before I joined up with your guys' gym. I thought they did very well, um, had that home feel. Uh, there was one, I won't, I won't add anybody, but there was one in, in the big city that I tried to go to uh, for a couple months, but it felt like that. They had a, a very huge body of students, like huge. And it, it did feel like you were showing up and nobody was really seeing what you had going on. Like, of course, you're going in there, you're still getting training. Um, but uh, it did feel very, uh, very different in that way. And, I, and personally, I didn't like that. I liked the more home feel. I liked the one-on-one with the instructors and like, um, yeah. yeah. It's like a family kind of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I talk about uh, like good outlets for people as being, I, I think this is why jujitsu is so popular. Uh, there's three main factors that I talk about. It's uh, physical activity, community and a sense of purpose. And I think in most gyms, jujitsu has all three of those things. So I think that's where that falls into play too. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. Um, so what are some of your most memorable moments <clears throat> in the sport? Uh, I have like a couple, couple things that stand out to me. Um, and this is kind of a cool segue because like jujitsu is not just competition, right? It's, uh, meant for self-defense originally, you know, meant for different things originally, warfare, self-defense, but, you know, also sport aspects and then you got MMA aspects. So I had like memories that stand out for jiu-jitsu. It was like mostly like MMA, uh, you know, MMA fights I've had or, you know, tournaments that were memorable, like matches and tournaments I remember, but I've also had like, I used to work in security a lot too, like 
just for extra money. You know, as an instructor, you don't make much money, you know, so like, especially in the beginning. So you got to pay the bills. You got to go work weekends. You know, I worked a lot of like clubs in Dallas and stuff. You know, I don't know if you know Brad, Brad Scott. He's like, he was always like, he's one of the original Carlos Machado, like black belts. He's always running security. He was used to always run security teams and he would always get the juicy guys, like really like the skinny, small guys. And like, trying to like manage the manage the crowds and stuff usually it's no big you know usually there's not like problems but uh shoot who was it oh i actually had a friend that just blew out i think he blew out his knee he was working security uh, i don't know if you know flaco shout out to dulces super cool guy uh really really awesome awesome dude and father but uh yeah he just had a big injury i need to go see i don't know i remember seeing it i need to, I need to reach out but he was working security recently like the past few weeks I think he like completely destroyed his knee or something. Being with some dude, he go um, he go to drop his knee when he was he go to shoot on him or something. I don't know if he fell on it or maybe it's not his knee. Maybe it's right, some injury. And then for sure, my friend Jerry, he's a brown belt, I think, uh, over in, in Fort Worth. But he was working Billy Bob security one day. Uh, this was years ago, I think, and he blew, blew his ACL. You know, like taking some guy. Some guy taking somebody down, or like it, he wasn't trying to think about it, he was just trying to handle some drunk guy, had to choke him or something. And, but he's older, you know, older guy, you know, like so you're gonna have you have all this mileage in your body, so that's gonna happen sometimes. But, but yeah, I, I have some really good memories and distinct memories of, and not necessarily fights, but like where you're like, you know, you're eyeball to eyeball with a dude, and you're like, you have to tell him, you know, you have to kind of show him you're not afraid, you have to kind of like tell, you know, tell people what to do. And it's not a comfortable feeling for most people, we don't like to, you know. That's not what you want to do. You don't want to try to like boss people around. Right. But, you know, just getting to move, getting to do certain things, you know, that you need to do for the job. Um, those are some, some memories. Uh, you know, seeing like you see a lot of drugs in the clubs sometimes, like these dudes that come in with a bunch of money and cash and drugs. You know, you know, you just know that they're like, you know, they're, they're up to no good kind of guys. But so that that's interesting, uh, memorable of my jujitsu journey. You know, basically it has to do with it. Uh, MMA, I just did amateur fights. So, like, for MMA, it was, like, uh, realizing that I could rely on my jiu-jitsu. Like, my jiu-jitsu, like, jiu-jitsu, if you know how to do it well and your opponent doesn't, like, you have, like, a really cool advantage that, like, makes you believe in jiu-jitsu more. Like, okay, you know, I can handle, I can handle myself, you know. Um, my last fight was, like, kind of a grueling one. This kid, this kid was, like, a really tough wrestler, a little younger than me. He was, like, really strong, you know. And he had like all these titles, like his amateur titles and his other organizations. It's like the last day of the, the last, like uh, the day of the fight, I think it was like, oh, you're not, it was supposed to be a title fight. And he like all of a sudden didn't want to put his title on the line. So I ended up going and doing, a, I think it was five rounds anyway. No. It was three rounds, but he didn't put his title on the line, but I ended up winning a decision. But like I choked him after the bell, like the bell went out, went, bell went off and he tapped up to the rear naked choke after the bell, like in like the first round. So I had to deal with that. Like, there's a lot, a lot of mental stuff with with sport, right? Like, you know, like competition. I mean, even military stuff. There's a lot of psychological stuff that's interesting, you know. So that stands out to me. Like, I had to make myself, you know, answer the second bell, being like super tired. You know, I hadn't hit my second win yet, just yeah. gassed out. But then I hit my second win, and I ended up like just out cardioing him in the fight because I was more, I was more, I think I was more well prepared. You know, doing cardio with my brother and like doing this crazy stuff in the yard, like flipping tires and, you know, sprints, sprints and stuff like that. And I was just like in a really lean, good shape, you know? Um, but yeah, that was, that was an interesting fight. I had like, 
I was tired or something. I was kind of disoriented in the fight because he hit hard. Like he landed a couple hard shots on my feet, but I didn't see it coming. I took a couple of hard shots. Like felt like you know those MMA gloves. They feel like bricks. You know, like they hit you. It feels like a rock. You know, you're like it's not like a boxing glove in training. It's like you know it's different. It's like dang. And you hear ringing, and you're like, oh crap. <laughs> you know, you got to keep it together. You know, so those are pretty memorable to me. Like not that I want to do those. You know, not that it's kind of dangerous. You know, so but I did have some good memories from. A couple of those fights. So that same fight, I actually headbutted the guy in the belly on act like on purpose, but I didn't realize. Oh, I'm breaking the rules. I, I almost got disqualified <laughs> in that fight. I was head, I headbutted him. I was in his guard. I managed to get on top finally. He was like a really tough wrestler, and I just like was landing some punches, but then he was blocking my punches, so I like hit him in the head with like in the solar plexus of my my forehead a couple of times, and they're like, oh, stop, can't do that. So that was there's some embarrassing things like that, you know, like when you're in the middle of just chaos you like do stuff and like oh that's kind of embarrassing um <laughs> but yeah so that's MMA some some memorable MMA stuff where I kind of like believe in jiu-jitsu more you know like than I than I had in the past uh the match probably the jiu-jitsu match that was most memorable man it's always the ones where I'm like just dog tired where I feel like I'm gonna die or something you know like you get out there like and you're really trying to win and you just get like the other guy, we're both trying to wear each other down. You know, and you get so tired that you just don't think you can, you're going to be, like your heart's going to stop or you're going to stop breathing or something. But those are always super memorable. I had one match against, uh, like, oh, it was, uh, this was really memorable for me because this match, because uh, I lost to like every Brazilian I fought. This was when they started to get more Brazilians in tournaments. And, you know, and as, and as a black belt, that point in time when I was a new black belt, it was like every match was a Brazilian. And I was like so frustrated because like I would beat sometimes the American guys and get in the final, lose the Brazilian. Like, I would get to the Brazilian guy the first match to lose. You know, like I would just get frustrated because it was like it was like a barrier. It was like a a barrier I couldn't get past. You know, like an obstacle I couldn't. So it was like more. It was bigger than it was. It was like in my mind, this insurmountable feat. Like oh, this Brazilian you get to and this Brazilian guy like I can't beat him because he's Brazilian. You know, like right. And a lot of them, you know, it's because they trained since they were 10 or whatever, you know, or they did capoeira and they trained since they were kids and that's all they do. And they're black belts, but they've been training longer than you, you know, way longer than you. So that was like in my mind. And I, and I think this day I still didn't think I could beat him. Like, and he was a world champion too, Marcelo, Marcelo Mafra that day. I beat, I beat him in Dallas Open. It was, I'd never beat any Brazilians before. And it's like, you know, black belt match, 10 minute match, long time to fight, like to grapple, you know, long time to wrestle, dude that's in great shape and really skilled. So it's like, you know, you're dead tired of four or five minutes in, you know, six minutes, you're like completely exhausted. You're trying to pace yourself for that 10 minutes, but also not get scored on or score. You know, you don't want to lose the points either. So you're trying to make sure you're scoring, make sure you're, you know, keep pushing the pace too. Um, so that was my rule because like, I didn't think I was going to win, but I remember saying, it's like, I was saying to my girlfriend or maybe it was my ex-wife at the time. She's like, you're like, oh man, you have this dude in the first, you know, first match asking about him. Who, who is he? Oh yeah, I've watched him for a long time. I know he's a world champion. I've seen him win. Yeah, I've seen him his matches. He's really good. She's like, oh, but you, you, so you don't think you could beat him? I was like, and so I thought about it, and I, you know, in the car, like up to the way of the tournament. I was like, man, if I don't think I can beat him, I'm not going to beat him. You know, like how do I make myself believe I can? I was like, you know what? And I, and I always had this mindset as a competitor. I'm like. You know, even I don't care if I beat him or not. I'm going to give him hell. Like, you know, I'm just going to go. 
give them hell, you know, because I, I want to do my best, you know. So, like, as a competitor, if you turn that, I think you got to turn that, turn that corner sometimes in your mind and the psychology of competing. Like, you got to be like, I got to enjoy it. Like, I'm not going to, if I don't go, like, out of my shield, I'm not going to enjoy it, you know. So, I got to give it all and, like, not care about the result as much, you know. Right. You got to, like, go and, like, just try to beat the shit out of this guy, you know. Like, I go and try to beat him up. Yeah. And so, like, I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm. If he's like the monster in my mind, like I'm going hunting, I'm going to hunt some monsters today, you know, like I'm monster hunting and you know, I'm going to go do it, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I'm going to do it anyway, might as well do it, right? Like, it's like anything in life, like probably as like a, like a military guy, I'm sure this is, you had a, like a lot of hard shit to do, right? Like stuff that sucked, you know, and it's like, especially in the elites, you know, when you read about elite forces training, like it's like, man, that sounds awful. You know, it's like, you're going to do it. You know, try to do it right, you know, or at least do it with everything you got, right? So it's like if you don't give everything you got, it just sucks worse. And then you're gonna and then you're gonna regret it, right? Like you're gonna regret not giving a hundred percent. So for that match, I was like, I'm gonna give him like everything I got. And like I guess he was tired that day, he was sick, whatever. I don't know what excuse he needed he needs, but like in my mind to make it to make it make sense, but and he was more of like a nogi guy at that time too. I think he was doing my and it was a gi match and I and I beat him, like not by just like a, not by an advantage or a decision. I beat him like by several points. Took his back at the end. Like I pretty much dominated the end of the match. So the beginning was pretty. He was doing pretty well, but towards the end, he must have got tired. Like so, I did really well, and I surprised myself. You know, it's like, dang, I like had this in my mind that I couldn't beat Brazilian. You know, and then I beat like a, not only a Brazilian but a world champion. You know, so it's like, okay, I can maybe like compete with the black belts now. You know. And then I'd still go get my ass kicked, you know. <laughs> you still go get your ass kicked every now, you know. You can't control the result, but still gonna get your ass kicked. But it like changes your mindset more, and you get more, you have more more success, you know. Yeah, you do better because you're not you're not blocking, you know. You're you're the biggest enemy of yourself, right? So it's like you're not blocking yourself off from that opportunity to, to capitalize, you know. Yeah, I like that you said that because I I do think that that transfers to several things, and and especially things in the military. You know, like I, I talk about, like you said, it's going to happen. Like you were locked in for that match. You're going to show up. It's going to happen. So you might as well have, you know, the best attitude for it. Like, uh, you don't want to defeat yourself before going in there. You're just going in and doing right. your best, giving yourself the right tools to, you know, feel good about what you're getting into. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, the worst case scenario, I, I call it positive self-talk. But like uh, you know, I can speak for the military side. Like, uh, still pretty fresh overall in the competition world, right? I've only been competing in this thing for like four years. So I'm like a baby compared to guys like you and and uh, other guys up there, right? Uh, so I got a lot of years to go before uh, I even look at getting on that level. But um, you know, I, I I can talk for the military side. It's like uh, I talk about the positive self talk. You're there, you know. I tell people don't look at it like an option to quit. Like you're there. You're locked in, so you might as well do what you can. And then the worst case, my fallback was always, uh, for better or worse, this is going to end eventually. Like, eventually, <laughs> I'm going to be on the other side of this, you know, for the days that really suck. Oh, yeah. You know, we, what you're going to be looking back on this, you know, after it happens and you go, I did it. You know, worst case scenario, that's a mindset to have. So, um, right. man, that's because it depends on the scenario, right? Like, if you're, if it was a live situation, right? You could look, you could be not looking back, right? You could be, it'll be over, but you'll be dead right? or something. Yeah, yeah. It's heavy, right? Like, yeah. 
but like that's the thing about martial arts too like it used to be about that like it used to be about like a real martial arts used to be you know i'm prepared to die like that's what the whole white you know uniform signifies like you're in your burial clothes underneath your shield underneath your armor and all that as a samurai or whatever i did not know that obviously supposedly what it means like yeah is like, you know so you should be ready prepared to die like that way you can fight to the death you know that way you can actually fight to win you know as a, as a martial as a martial artist it was you know especially with weapons and stuff like you're trying to run somebody through with a sword like that's you could die really easily you know so i just read hicks and grace's book so i'm like oh like thing and all that all those stories come to mind because it's like back in brazil they had those they had those actual like so it wasn't a match to the time limit you know it was like they had those uh valley tudo matches like anything goes and there was no rules and bare knuckles and they they fought with no time limit until someone gave up basically you know and they and they could choose when how far to go like they could choose to have mercy or like on the guy and let him you know leave him in the dirt like and pull up his blood or they could choose to like you know really take out whatever feud you know handle whatever feud was and you know, go over a little bit overboard, you know, whatever, take out their anger, the revenge or whatever it was, because they would always like avenge each other, you know, something like that. So, because they would act, and then that's the thing is like, they would actually die. Like they had gangs in Brazil, like they had like, you know, they would actually have friends die and stuff like that. So a lot of times there was like bad, you know, real bad blood back then, you know, so. Yeah. Like gladiators. <laughs> like it's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. But yeah. Just being, being prepared, like not afraid of death. Uh, it's kind of sounds cliche, like, even for a tournament, though, I go in there like knowing, man, it's very unlikely, but like you could get seriously hurt. You know, like not to scare people off from tournaments, not very likely to happen, but you could go, you know, get paralyzed. Like I have friends of that wrestler that, you know, that happened to them, like they paralyzed the guy and they had to live with it, you know, like stuff like that. So, yeah. But, you know, that's kind of like psychological stuff of competing. It takes like the time, the experience over time to, to start to realize how much there is to it yeah so yeah that being said i just thought of a of a good segue for this um so advice for guys getting into competing like what level do you think a guy needs to be at to start what are some bare minimum things that he should like tools he should have let's say specifically for you know jiu-jitsu competitions like things he should know at, at the bare minimum how to do before he gets into his first competition uh, so I would say at least like do a fun, like the fundamentals, if your gem offers a fundamentals course, like do like at least that course, which every lesson, it should be at least, you know, 30 to 50 to 60 classes. Like I would say, try to do that, get through that fast as you can first, especially if you're not a younger guy, you know, you're older guy, like you have much more likelihood of injury and do you know what I mean? So like, um, even after you get through this court, this that kind of necessary phase of the foundational basic stuff, you still have like that risk of injury, right? So, um, but I would say if you're a younger guy, you know, the sooner you can jump in, pretty much if you're athletic, you're in shape, the better. I probably wouldn't do it if you're not really in good shape, like you can't run a mile or you can't, you know what I mean? Like you got to do be basic, physically fit, you know, pass like a, a physical exam, medical exam. Um, if you're younger, I would say, you know, at least a month of training, but the sooner the better really for tournaments, as long as you're prepared to lose, like, you know, there's no, there's no losing, right? They say there's only winning and learning. As long as you know, like, 
you're committed to doing more than one because if you lose and you let your ego keep you from competing again then you've beaten yourself right you've just lost to yourself you're gonna lose all the time um so you need to be prepared to lose but go and do as many tournaments i'd say if you can commit to three within like six months or a quarter commit to like three tournaments and regardless of that result you're gonna do it at the next one the next one yeah uh, what was your what was your experience of the first competitions my first com- yeah my very first competition uh and, and, and before i get into this i like that you said you know there's you win or learn i think the biggest failure is you know failing yourself not giving you yourself that chance to go again it's my first tournament i did awful i uh i showed up i got I got winded on my first match. I got choked, and then I went again. It was one of those double eliminations. Me and this dude just stood there and it did the clinch thing for five minutes. Went into overtime. Did the clinch thing for two more minutes. It was the dumbest looking match of all <laughs> the entire uh, tournament, probably. And then this dude uh, shot a takedown, and I lost. You know that way. So I was just the big loser of the whole tournament. And uh, and uh, what I will give uh, give myself credit for is is when I lose like that, uh, I get frustrated and I'm like, okay, I got to try this again. You know? So I went back and then, uh, I want a gold, but, uh, that was my first experience was not good. Like I totally, uh, totally got, uh, wiped out. I had a, one of actually my only female black belt. She did some tournaments early on too. Like even, I think she was already like a blue, she was already really technical in the gym, like beating dudes up all the time. She's a tiny little, like 120 pound girl, right? Like, so she went in there though and just like deer in the headlights didn't do anything like froze, you know, hundred percent froze through every match. I think two or three matches just froze there until she got submitted and tapped. It's like just doing nothing, you know, like not in <laughs> the gym yeah. she tried to kill you, you like rip your head off and then the tournament it's like deer in the headlights, just like no no reaction, no response. Really crazy. But that's that's why I was saying like commit to like the three and like you, you know, you came back to win the gold. Like to win a gold medal in a tournament, it's not easy. You have several good opponents, you know, usually like, especially at like a, a bigger tournament, you have to do five matches, you know, four or five, six matches. That's not easy. It's super, it's super hard to like win the battle here because by the second, third match, oh, I can settle with that. I won a few matches. At least I didn't, you know what I mean? Like you try to not let yourself settle. You try to, like, you got to go all the way for that win. You want to give up even before the matches start. You're so tired all the time. So, I, I fought, level, I, I can, I fought. Lovato rolled me over, rolled over me like a car uh, at, was it Pan this year? It was a Nogi tournament this year in the open weight. And like, I saw that he, I had a buy or something. I can't remember, but I knew I was going to have him in the second round if I won my first. But I think I had a buy because I don't think I fought beforehand. Uh, so he was supposed to have a first round, but the guy didn't show up. And like, I was already kind of expecting that because like, nobody wants to fight. Lovato, like, well, if you guys don't know who Lovato is, like, you just just look him up. But uh, he's like probably one of the best top three or four American grapplers of all time, right? Like, world champion in black belt, like, you know, big dude too, like, a couple weight classes above me at the time. Um, and like, I remember waiting to watch his match because I was going to go against him after that after he beat the other dude. I wanted to watch the other dude get beat first for some reason, but I was just waiting around, hanging out. Not even dressed up or any dressed out or anything yet. Just trying to like start warming up, and uh, and I saw him like looking across, and he's his teammate, like his students were around near me where I was sitting, 
he was like looking across and he's like pointing at me, like talking to the ring corner and pointing at me. And I was like, oh, great. The first dude didn't show up. He chickened out. <laughs> he's pointing at me like, I got to get ready now. And he's looking at me and, the, and the, his students are like, who are, you, who are you trying to get? Like, And he's like, no. And then he starts saying it was like my name with his mouth. And I'm like, oh, crap. He's mouthing my name. He knows my name. <laughs> he's like mouthing my name. I'm like, oh, gosh, this is, this is awful. This is rough. Because I'm like already in my mind, I'm thinking about how badly the match is going to go, how badly I'm going to ask it. You know, obviously, you shouldn't have that mentality, right? Like, you should be like, oh, you can win. You know, have that. You should know you can win. But, dude, even nobody's perfect. Like, I've lost matches. I've won matches. Like, you know, a guy like that, you pretty much know the outcome. But that's the thing is, like, how do I go in there and compete to my best, knowing I'm going to probably just get strangled or, or worse, hurt, you know? Hey. But I'm not going to not fight, you know? Like, that's, to me, that's even worse. Like, I'm not going to be a coward and just like, no, he's going to beat me. Because then I'll miss out on the learning opportunity, too, and the experience, man. Like, I'm already there. Like you said, if you're locked in, you're locked in. So I'd rather, you know, I knew I was going to lose pretty much. So it's like <laughs> the ego try to get you out of it. But, like, I knew I was going to lose, but I'm going to learn from it for sure. Like, it's like an opportunity that you can't miss pass up. Really. If, you, if you're that, you have the right mindset as a martial artist, as, like, a competitor or anybody trying to get better at something, if you pass up on that, that loss, that like you could have experienced that loss, that learning uh learning experience and you're, you're doing yourself you know, you're doing yourself injustice so or you're doing yourself you're not you're not taking advantage of the opportunity yeah so like and it's like a legend you know like to compete against so and i have my girl you know my girlfriend there you know she's seen me pretty much win all the tournament like up to that point i had like a big winning streak like i don't know and i was, so I was winning all everything but i knew i was gonna he was i was gonna lose that to this dude right like yeah so like I knew I was gonna get embarrassed in front of my girlfriend and like but I you know, we have a great relationship. Like I knew I wasn't it wasn't gonna be a, a big deal to her at all. It was just gonna be a big deal to me, you know. So it's like so but yeah, that was interesting. Uh, uh I forget what we're talking about. Sorry, I'm getting ADD sometimes. No, you're good. I can relate. I can definitely relate to But yeah, so it's like you know you're gonna lose and go do it anyway. You win or learn. Yeah. Yeah, the analogy that I like is like a glacier, like you see the top of the glacier, but underneath you know, and like the the analogy is like, this is the success. This is the top of the glacier is the success. It's the guy who's just hitting all the sick moves. And you're like, man, that guy's just got it. But then, you know, you see the massive part under the water and it's been all his failures along the way and all the hard things that he's right. had to uh, maneuver around. You know, like, I, I think that's great. And, um, and uh, yeah, like you look at any of these uh, top guys, they have, you know, they have uh, passed hardships that they had to overcome it hasn't all just been smooth for uh some of those guys like i can attest for you know my military experiences like you know i can send some pictures of all the bells and whistles but there's a whole lot of stupid stuff in there me looking real stupid me getting dogged on and uh doing burpees for hours and hours and getting called every name in the book you know like uh it's not all it's not all uh just success success and success like you have to you have to grind for it. And, uh, and I think that goes with anything you do, like any new skill you go to do, like you're gonna have to go through that grind just like everybody else did to get good at it. Um, so and pay your dues. Right. Yeah. Pay your dues. <laughs> and that's, that is uh, something I'll say it for you. Cause I, not a whole lot of people say this, but, um, I think a lot of, uh, military dudes struggle with, uh, martial arts sometimes because in the military, there's this kind of idea of, Hey, you're supposed to be good at everything. 
And that's not the case. Like if you take on some of these other skills, you got to go through that process. And, uh, and I can, you know, I can speak, I got out army ranger vet, right. And I was getting creamed. Like it went into jujitsu. I'm getting creamed. I'm taking ice baths. I got bruises all over myself. I'm like, what is this? You know, starting over, right. <laughs> right. Just felt I didn't tell anybody I was an army ranger. I was like, you know, yeah. I, I was, uh, I was just like, man, I'm getting schooled in here. And, uh, and so, you know, it's, it's been a process and continuing learning experience. So it's been awesome to go along and, and, uh, and do this. I really enjoy this sport and learning from, uh, from guys like yourself. So, uh, yeah, it's been great. Um, and it's, it grounds you so much, right? Like, cause no matter how long, cause I've been doing this for a long time. So like in that room, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not experiencing the same thing as you, right. I've, I've been through that. I've paid my dues. So I'm the one being, I'm the hammer in that room, right? Like, for example, probably your first day, I'm probably the hammer in that room, but then I go put myself in a different room. Guess who's the, who's the nail now, you know, like maybe against everybody on the nail. Dude, like jujitsu is just that way. Like there's just levels of it. And like, you can do it for 20 years. And then there's still guys that have been doing it for 40 years. And then even if they're, then imagine like they're this 45 year old dude and you're like 25, you're like in great shape and strong, athletic and big, whatever. And this 45 year old dude just beats you up, you know, like he's, he's like just a masterful black belt. Like he just easily chokes you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and you're a 26 year old black belt. Like, I think I got my black belt when I was 28. I think so. 28, 27 or 28. So I, man, I was, then I really felt like a white belt. You want to talk about feeling like getting beat out, like out of your element. When you're supposed to be like a black belt, you're supposed to be like good. And you know, like you're supposed to know what you're doing. And then you just get. Like a guy like Lucas Lepre, for example, when I first got my black belt, I was training with him a lot. He was one of my main coaches here in the States. He would just make you feel like a brand new, like newbie, like white, complete white belt, like baby. Like, and it was weird, you know? But I was a new black belt, but like, so I'm like, okay, this is the beginning. Now I'm on the beginning of my journey again, you know? Like, that's what I tell black belts. Like, no, you're starting again. Like, you're, this is the beginning for you now. Like, <laughs> you're like, what? I'm like, and I've only been, you know, I'm only like seven years in my black belt, but it's like, I know, right? Like they don't understand it yet until, especially if they get tied around your waist, you don't understand it yet. Yeah. So like a few, a few weeks, a few days, a few sessions in, and you're like, dang, like, or you have a bad session and you get turned by a purple belt. Like, I'm supposed to be a black belt, you know? Like, yeah. now you got a bad, you had a bad day in jiu-jitsu. A bad day for a black belt is the same as a bad day for a white belt. Like, you're gonna get beat, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's crazy that you said that. By the way, you're like only seven years as a black belt. Seven years. That's all. It's a lot of time, you know, and like, how long did it, how long did it take you to get to black belt? It actually did. I pretty, I got my Bible pretty quickly. I think for the, well, maybe the average is eight years. I got it. So I got it in seven. Yeah. Seven wow. years or so. Seven and a half. Yeah. But I was also like, just living and breathing. Just like I was saying, like I made the Dean's list in junior college, but when I started jujitsu, that's when, you know, I, I went to great, like, went for my bachelor's degree and I barely passed with the minimum GPA. Like I, like I remember some of my interviews when I got out of college, you were like, what, why'd you have such a terrible GPA? I'm like, they like, maybe they didn't ask me, but I knew I was like worried about it. Like, man, am I going to get this job? I had like a 2.6 or whatever, like one point of one decimal above, um, minimum. And that was because I was literally missing classes on the mat. Like I was obsessed with this stuff. Yeah. Started competing. Like I said, I competed at like after like two weeks of first starting to get some like I started competing, you know, like white belt, like losing tournaments, but 
kept doing it. I don't know. I, I started doing truth, like getting obsessed, right? I had, I got, I got the bug for sure. So, but uh, any, do you have any uh, stuff now? Is that Jocko? Yeah, baby. Jocko. Hey, there. <laughs> Just came in. Nice. Came in How is it? I haven't had it. Yeah, before. I love these things. So I love these things. They're uh, at first I didn't get into them because I don't really do energy drinks. Like they always have like the like sucralose and like artificial sweeteners and stuff. But now like they're doing monk fruit now on those and the Jocko ones. So I'm like all about it. Yeah. I'm waiting for like my stuff. I just got some stuff, ordered some stuff, like the, the new jeans and like the some other stuff just that they've been doing. So awesome. excited about it. Promoting uh promoting Jocko. Uh by the way, Jocko, yeah. if you want to sponsor the podcast, uh totally uh totally down for that. So uh <laughs> uh I gotta try that out. I've actually I've like, seen it before. You're gonna have once in there. Yeah, that's right. One. That's right. We'll have uh, uh what Daniel go or whatever. Uh, Man- manifest it. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, starting a business has been crazy. It does create a, uh, have a lot of work. And, uh, yeah, I think it's awesome. Uh, especially for like, you know, guys like you with a facility and you got people to manage and things to run. Like, um, that's a lot of work, a lot of work. I, I really appreciate how much that takes now, you know, I'm just a, online business at the moment but you know it's a lot of moving parts and to have a facility too i mean that's a that's a lot to manage honestly i think it was the other way like the thing online to me online is it's so change it changes so fast like other guys like you i'm like man i need to try to figure out can you i need to get him to give me some tips for my my stuff because i appreciate it like it changes so fast in the technology and then like the algorithms and all that yeah to me like a brick and mortar business is always going to be there yeah like i've almost during COVID, like I, I wanted to do online structural that I, I kind of doubled down on in-person stuff. I was like, man, you know, one day this stuff is all going to be 90% of us are going to be in front of the screen. We're going to have, we're going to have the glasses, the eyeglass, smart glasses that have our iPhone right in our face all the time, you know, yeah. so we take it off to wash our face or whatever we take it off for to eat. I don't know what to look at someone on the rare chance, rare occasion. You look at someone in real life, you're looking at someone here. So like I'm like man I, I'm like maybe it's because I'm getting older but like I'm like there's so much value in that you know in jujitsu because we we touch each other we breathe and we can hear each other breathe and we're working hard you know it's just something so like you know so like uh, what do they call it something so like visceral you know like there's so many senses there like real life you know like versus you know we were working online like everybody's doing Zoom all these. You know, my, 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 my fiance, her job, like it's all remote, you know, like everybody's remote talking to each other through a screen. It's so crazy. But so I'm like, man, I'm doubling down on like the real life stuff. Like we need to do that. We need to do something actually, by the way, I know you're doing some stuff off. You're doing some videos and I don't know what you're doing, but I need to find out. We need to do something together. Cause like do some like camps or some sort of cool event. Yeah. Bring people, you know, obviously film it, put it online too, but like do some cool, like in-person, you know, events and stuff. So. Heck yeah. Well, I'm down for it. Uh, you want to shout out uh, what you're doing now, the world, the world. Let's, let's point some people to that. And, uh, and then any final thoughts you have? Sure. Yeah. It's going to, we're going to do, I'm doing, a, uh, having a website done right now, a new website. So we're going to have an online shop and stuff. We just have some, some merch, you know, like for the guys that want to support us, we kind of travel around and, and film and promote uh, other leaders in the community, mostly DFW and, and Austin area, Houston, here in Texas. Um, kind of like promote uh, local instructors, community kind of thing. Uh, 
guys that we we know and guys we love that we we respect what they're doing you know um guys like you you know respect what you're doing so uh kind of you know kind of like a it's more like an online magazine so we do videos we do um little bios on guys and uh it's more for fun right now um it originally started i originally had a business partner but he went through a lot of personal stuff so i now have a different one so we have a new business partner he's kind of like you know we going gung-ho on it we got rash guards we got t-shirts you know we're starting to we got pink t-shirts gray t-shirts black t-shirts rash guards right now we're starting to to kind of invest a little bit in that and apparel and stuff uh just to kind of build the brand but you know most of it's videos uh, uh basically guests you know having guys on to guest and show techniques and you know showcase their gyms and they're trying to you know build up their gym in the community like we just went to a gym in Rockwell here in DFW with Yago. I don't know if you know Yago is a super, super talented monster, jiu-jitsu martial artist, you know, black belt. Um, but he's, you know, he's here local, you know, like dude was beating some big names, Pan, you know, Pan Champ, like so we're trying to like, you know, promote his gym, the gym he's at, you know, and people let people know in the area, like, okay, if you're in Rockwall, like look at this guy who's here. Right. Yeah, there's a big, there's a lot of uh big names in texas now heck know? yeah so you know they're they're really pouring into the communities they're, they're offering something you know they have something to offer us you know right um, like i feel like i have something to offer my students you know we have like just like i was saying another second ago you know we're all so much is online these days that you just feel like you you know how valuable it is you get on the mat with people you really connect with friends you get to spend time dedicated time it's positive it's you know exercise it's releasing stress it's learning it's growing uh, keeping yourself obviously grounded and humble and you know challenged and all that so and uncomfortable a little bit too so obviously the whole discipline thing too you're talking about jocko um so yeah we're just trying to like basically you know build a brand um we've done some podcasts in the past too so uh, we're not super consistent on that right now and um, trying, to find, trying to find our way you know it's a little bit different times now so it's a little bit hard to figure out what, what, what you're doing I can relate to that. Yeah, we're just now getting to the point where we're trying to get consistent with podcasts and the content we put out. It's a uh, it's a lot more taxing than I thought it was going to be. Like to keep up with the content, the posts, and everything. Like it's yeah. it's work. It's a uh, it's weird work, but it's work for sure. So yeah, it's a uh, it is a grind. But yeah, yeah so I, mean, I, think it's, I think it's valuable though. You know, it definitely needs to be done, and um, I think it's it's definitely uh, a good resource. So. And so for me, like long-term, I'm mostly looking for, you know, that kind of community engagement. I'm more interested in nonprofit stuff in the future. Obviously my goal is to make a profitable company first, but you know, to, to have resources to leverage and that kind of thing, you know, to help, help people. I think I can help more people that way, but you know, long-term goal for me is, is more like community outreach type of stuff, you know, where we're getting kids that can't afford jiu-jitsu training, you know, finding people in the community who you know, want to be a part of that. Even if it's once a week, once a month, you know, getting those kids training, getting their parents some help with them, you know, and trying to raise kids is a pain in the ass, you know, you know. So it's like they need help in the community, like especially they're they don't have the money for jujitsu, they don't have the money to send their kids to daycare, they don't have the money to have anyone else influence the kids' life. We need to have those community community um, raise you know village to raise the kids, not just a parent that feels inadequate, feels like um, drowning in. And the responsibility and and the, and the and the hustle of trying to make pay the bills, you know. So we get get them like a, a community class kind of thing, you know. That's that's mostly where I see my time going to that kind of stuff. So 
that's kind of what Roller World's about in the future. You know, right now, it's it's a fun company to build. And so, yeah. so yeah, if you guys can support, for sure. Like, you know, we're gonna have an online store soon. We have a at Roller World BJJ is our Instagram, and yeah, yeah, it's got a good look. I, I love the logo, by the way. Um, I will leave the link to all Sam's stuff in the description below. So be sure to check that out. Uh, give him a follow and uh, and support his business that way. It really does uh, help things like that engaging uh, in people's uh, social media and, and content and stuff. So uh, if you got got time, please go check that out. Uh, Sam, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Do you have any uh, any anything else before we end? Oh, man, thanks for having me. I'm really, uh, I know I told you this before. I don't know if we started recording or not. I, don't remember but yeah i really like what you're doing brother and uh keep doing it it's not easy i know but like i think yeah there's nobody else doing what you're doing and you know we we all everybody's interested in here like special forces stuff for, for guys like me like that stuff is super interesting and, and then i think for everybody that's doing jujitsu like starting jujitsu too to see somebody uh that has that background that you have like you're you're perspective and your journey on it like that's super cool and on everything else besides you obviously like sorry but yeah like uh it's cool to see because i saw i saw i've been following you from the beginning so i've been watching from the very very beginning ground up you know as i saw obviously i knew you as a student first a student of one of my uh, our affiliate academy so saw you on the mat and then i started seeing your stuff you're doing with with uh training like a ranger so super cool keep it up man and yeah all the best. I appreciate that. That, that means a lot. Um, and uh, and I, one of these days, I hope to uh, combine more. You know, I've dabbled with it a little bit, but really a mesh uh, jujitsu or martial arts with train like a ranger. And there's a whole uh, reign of things I want to do. So, you know, maybe we can look to pull guys like you and, and expertise and things like that. So who knows what the future holds. I wish you well in your endeavors and uh, and everything you got going on. And uh Glad to have you in the community and have your support. Be sure to check out trainlikearanger.com. We sell workout programs, have nutrition programs. We have merch and apparel and much more on the agenda. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Your support means a lot. And uh, be sure to check Sam out. Remember to train to your utmost potential like a ranger. Mm -hmm.